The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The other day I found an old CD. I had forgotten that I had it. On the CD was burned a moment in time from my college years. It was kind of like a time machine itself, really a time capsule. It was a recording that I did on a radio show over 20 years ago. Hard to believe now. And boy, was it embarrassing. I dread even speaking of it for the bad memories that it invokes. I only listened to a few minutes of it for how embarrassing it was. Back then, I had a roommate, and he hosted a late-night radio show at my college's tiny radio station, KSCL. It had 150 watts. That means that the signal was so weak, people in their dorm room could barely get the signal, okay? Um, But he wanted to do a show where I played some of my dulcimer music, so I agreed to to go on and do that. Let's just say that I did not then possess the humility or the good sense that I now possess. And my lack of self-awareness was on full display. How many times I listened to it and I said to myself, Just shut up already. Sadly, I'll probably be saying the same thing about my 40-year-old self, you know, 20 years hence. And maybe that would be true of all of us if we had a recording of uh, what we thought and said when we were in our 20s. We might all be a little bit embarrassed. And why? Well, because we grow. Because we change. We mature. Experience 
molds us and forms us. We don't even know how or when we changed a lot of the time. We just know that as life takes its pounds of flesh from us, well, some of our youthful optimism and charm and even health is taken from us, and we age, but hopefully not turning too sour in the process. In our reading from 1 Peter, he uses an interesting phrase right in the first verse of our reading today. He writes, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. The entire passage from Peter is really about growing into faith, maturing to become a solid house. Peter seems to be playing maybe on his own nickname. Peter, Petros, means rock. And he talks about living stones and these stones eventually becoming a household and a royal priesthood and such. So let's consider what that growth looks like. First, notice that followers of Jesus are to be eager learners. They are to be disciples. A disciple is literally a student. And so Peter says that we are to long for this pure spiritual milk. We are to desire to be learners. We seek then to be more obedient. We want to understand God's character more deeply we certainly would want to grow to be more familiar with the Word of God. And the image that he uses then is this newborn baby who, who knows that their very survival depends on this nourishment of this milk. And therefore, we ought to yearn for the Word of God and knowledge of God as though our life depended on it. And the spiritual milk that we are to seek is to be pure, not blasphemous or false teaching, but apostolic in character. That is, in accordance with what the apostles taught. And yet, though this is a high calling, how often do we find ourselves as Christians in spiritual ruts? We often do not long for spiritual food. Perhaps we believe that, you know, we're already Christians and We've made it. You know, we come to church on Sunday. Yo, pastor, you know, what else do you want from us, right? Or maybe when we're confirmed, we're all done. At larger congregations where they have maybe 40 kids who are confirmed every year, in my experience and from what I hear, maybe a good half of those who are confirmed never come back to church, or at least very sporadically. Or how many even adults, having made the decision for Christ and gotten baptized, simply disappear, believing that they have completed the race? No, Peter says, always be longing for this spiritual milk as though your life depended on it. This is something you are to always seek and desire and want. And yet we do have dry periods in our spiritual life. Uh, and so when you do have those times, times when you're not as enthusiastic, maybe even times of doubt, times where you're wondering why you just don't care in the same way that you used to, 
what should you do? Because those times are going to come. Well, those might be times to sort of dig in and, and just doggedly pursue the disciplines of following Jesus, praying more, reading more, whether you feel like it or not. If you only do things when you're inspired to do them, after all, uh, you'll probably go hungry and die, right? Um, but that's how we should approach uh, eating on the Word of God, so that when our enthusiasm returns, we'll be that much more enlightened. But that really is the nature of a discipline. You, you do it even when you don't want to do it. And so when you do have a dry spell, that would be my strong encouragement. Continue with the disciplines. I know that I am the furthest from the Lord when those disciplines aren't a part of my life, when I'm not praying or not studying the Scripture. And for pastors, you know, they study the Scripture for their sermons and such, so they kind of think that's all they need to do. But usually when I embark on those disciplines again, that is when I find my joy again. But this spiritual milk, Peter says it is for us to grow into salvation. And I want to look at that word, into. Uh, if you think about our baptism, what do we say at a baptism? We normally say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But the Greek word there could also be translated into which kind of has a different feel to it, right? I baptize you into the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. It's as though you are being grafted into this family of God that is represented by the name of God. And so Peter here says that this spiritual milk is for us to grow into our salvation, and that has an interesting connotation. Other translations will say, grow up into translation. So the idea is that you are maturing in your salvation. That's very different from a, it happened, it's done, you know, now I can forget about it. That's not what Peter's saying. No, you're growing up into your salvation. It's a process, right? And you need to remember that because we all have moments in our Christian life that we're not particularly proud of. And so we can look back on our Christian faith, and maybe we can even look at our Christian faith right now, and we can go, ooh, man, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian because of, of how I'm behaving or how I'm thinking. Well, take heart, because what Peter is saying is, look, we need to grow into our salvation. It's not that you're saved and everything is done. You grow into it over the course of your life, so that even if you're embarrassed listening to a CD from 20 years ago that revealed all of your, or most of your shortcomings, right? That's not the end of the story. You've grown up since then. Years ago, an NBA team uh, decided that its best course of action to be good again would be to tank. In sports lingo, that means you lose on purpose so that you can get good draft picks the next year. Now, in the NBA, they have a lottery which doesn't guarantee you the best pick, uh, even if you have the worst record, because they actually don't want teams to do this sort of thing. Uh, a baseball team named the Astros did something similar, where they had three years where they lost 100 games in a row or more. They did that 
to get draft picks so that they could draft all the players that we cheer for now. Anyway, this strategy, which was abundantly clear that to everyone that they were doing, even though they denied it, was called the process. Trust the process. And that even became a nickname of one of the players that they drafted through this process, Joel Embiid. The point is that it was a process, a multi-year process that required a lot of patience on the part of fans And yet, in time, it did produce a winning team. Championship team, maybe not, but at least they have a shot now. Our spiritual growth is also a process. And that is why Peter is describing it in this way. It's something that we grow into. One of the reasons I uh, sort of object to adult baptism, now, I don't object to baptizing adults. What I mean is that I baptize people of all ages. But it can give the impression to some, if it's not taught well, that when the decision is made, that's when the person becomes a Christian, and then their life is forever, I don't know, easier, or it all makes sense after that. And that's not the case. When an adult is baptized, that's the beginning of their faith, not the end. And if you think it is the end, you'll be in for a very rude awakening. The point is that your salvation is something you grow into. Your baptism is the beginning of that, and you grow into it uh, after that. As Paul says in Philippians, an often, I think, misquoted or misunderstood verse, Philippians 2.12, he says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does he mean by work out? Does he mean earn your salvation? Well, he can't mean that because he says the opposite in many other places. To work it out, it's like wringing out a rag, like that's wet. It means to eke out everything from it, to squeeze out everything from it. You don't work for your salvation, but upon being saved, you grow and you live and you work your way into it until your very death is the final work of your salvation. And that work is, again, not what you do to be saved, but it's to be a blessing to others. And so as you grow into your salvation, and hopefully we can look back on 10 or 20 or 30 years before and go, gosh, I'm glad I've grown since then, right? You build up a spiritual house, which is what Peter describes, a spiritual house of living stones, And then together, as we are building our own spiritual houses, we together build a spiritual community. And then together we form a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood, a strange phrase maybe that Peter uses. Sometimes Lutherans will talk of the priesthood of all believers, and this is where they get that phrase. And what does he mean by that? Well, We're all priests now. We're all priests. What does Peter say? We now offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There is no more super class of religious people or holy men. There are no more priests between you and God where they offer sacrifices on your behalf so you can be free. You are free in Christ. And together then we are priests and we are 
building up this royal priesthood. The point is that you grow into your salvation, and that is good news, because you're not a finished product. So the shortcomings that you possess or possessed do not define you. Likewise, don't be content with where you are now. Continue to grow into your faith. Never be content. There's always something else to learn or a depth of richness of holiness that will be a gift once you possess it. So if you're embarrassed about how you used to be or even are a Christian, take heart. Continue to long for the spiritual milk that will nourish you and know that for all of us, it is a process of growing into our salvation. It might be nice if God could just snap his fingers and we would all be the people that we are finally called to be. But for now, we continue to grow into our salvation. Amen.